This seems like the wrong choice, but I'm going to do it anyways. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the punching and kicking delight that is Dojo DC. What's happening, my guy? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm doing great. A little and chilly, but you know the uh, uh, it's supposed to warm up this weekend. Dude, I am not about this weather. Like when I say <laughs> what the temperature is here in Memphis, someone out there is going to be like. Yeah, okay. It's 49 degrees outside right now. Okay? that Which sure. doesn't sound that cold. But when it drops below, I'd say, 60 to 65, I start to feel cold. I don't like right. it, Dojo. I don't like it. Yeah, it's, I'm getting to the age now where my knees start hurting in the morning. The, uh, <laughs> and I walk the dog every morning, so it's like, oh, man, the, I don't want to short my dog's walk. But the, uh, the hands hurt, the, uh, the knees hurt, but the, uh, yeah. The, uh, and it's not that cold here either. The, uh, it's not. The, uh, it's actually a pretty nice day. The, uh, um, but uh, it's just, I think it's just that first, that first cold. It really, really sucks. Yes, it really does. I'm not built for it. I know our friend Leland over there at the Aegis Brand Studios said that they're getting snow up in the right. north. And I'm like, yeah. has it not been snowing for the last three months? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just what I assume about Canada, you know? Yeah, it's the Arctic. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So anyways, Dojo, we have a, a pretty interesting show today for the suits, I think. I, uh, I want to do some more like strategy talk and stuff like that. But I'm kind of still wrapping my head around some some possible things, so stay tuned for more of that conversation. But today, we're going to be doing a continuation of the timeline discussion. So we had you and Rich and Nate on here last week for what I felt like was a really good, insightful discussion on the timeline format and kind of what people can maybe expect from some of that and and maybe its impact on the broader whole of MCP, but I do think that there's more discussions to be had on that. And this is one of those things where I think even if you're a casual player that has no interest in doing a timeline event like at Adepticon or something like that, I personally think that the timeline format and the timeline characters and all that stuff are going to have an impact on the broader MCP. So talking about that and how to maybe make a roster within those restrictions and how to maybe take a look at this list and and see what you can do to one play things that you think are fun and two play things that you think might be a little bit competitive so we're going to kind of go through some of that stuff today talk about the roster construction process and talk about just in general maybe some some ways that you and I look at going through and getting prepared for a timeline event because you're running a timeline event right now in which I've already played my first match. So 
you know, it's pretty great stuff. Yeah. The sacred timeline. The sacred timeline. But Dojo, the first thing I want to do is ask you, you know, we got this timeline dropped on us and then you were like, hey, I want to experience this. I want to run this as a league format, which I said it last week and I'll say it again. I think that's the real beauty of this whole thing is it really works as a league, I think, more so than anything else. But that's maybe a conversation for later on. But Dojo, how did you go about trying to set this up and how's it going so far? Yeah, yeah, man. The, uh, I saw the new format, the, uh, saw the discourse around it, and I wanted to try it. But I also, I think, uh, like I said last week, the biggest issue is going to be time when you're getting over 32 players. Um, it just, you have to run nine games, and that that's a lot of games, even in a three-day span, it feels. Or or you have to put it on a three-day span for it to feel okay. Um, and so I just, I saw the opportunity to run a league, and I think it's something that, I mean, even, you know, gaming stores could do where they run, okay, we're doing a timeline league for the next nine weeks, and then, or the next six weeks, if they don't have 32 people in their local, they probably don't. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, then, you know, the next season they run can be just an open one. The, uh, the, uh, the other thing is that it, it actually, it says that you cannot, you should not run them with less than 32 people. And the, uh, is what it says in the, in the document, right? The, uh, so uh, I think that doing it online also is just a great platform for it. The, I think making the rosters, checking the rosters and getting 32 people to jump on the, uh, is a lot easier online than it is in person. Oh, definitely. I think that's 100% accurate in that it's look at most events on long shanks and most of them are not 32 plus player events. So, right. you know, like we've got events coming up here locally I've got one at one shop locally that'll be like 12 people max because of space limitations, right? And then we've got another one coming up that will probably be close to that, but I don't think it's going to be a timeline event because no one wants to play three days straight in Memphis. I mean, you just be dodging a hail, <laughs> hailstorm of bullets, dude. Let me tell you. <laughs> that's that's the you know that's, that's just Memphis for you. It is what it is. That's just Memphis. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like you're yeah, playing X Force all the Memphis. time. <laughs> But well, they don't uh, have rerolls on me. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, you know, this whole format and everything. When when we're looking at the rosters that we have access to, looking at the characters that we're able to kind of mix and match in here, it's a pretty diverse list. But and and I don't want to get into the whole like oh, there's things I wish there were and not all that stuff because it doesn't matter because the list is what the list is, you know? So when we're looking at this, do you feel like that this flexes your creative muscles when it comes to building a roster from this? Oh, for sure. I mean, the uh, limitation is not necessarily a bad thing. The uh, Right? The uh, it, it can... Number one, it's made me play other other things, right? Yeah, because uh, every time I play, I'm trying to win. That doesn't mean that I'm the uh, you know always doing the meta hardest stuff. In fact, I usually do the uh, weird stuff and hope that it works. Um, but yeah, um, but I'm always trying to win the uh, and so uh, it you kind of in an open game will jump to those pieces that you are most familiar with that you know are good um and and this allows you to really try other teams out 
Um, and I didn't even, um, uh, I didn't get to try two teams out that I wanted to, cause I chose, you know, three other affiliations, the, uh, um, in this particular league. So I think it definitely the roster building part makes you try new players or new characters, which is going to make you play a little bit differently, which is going to expand your ability within the game, which is going to make you a better player in open play as well. And it might show you, oh man, this character is a lot better than I was giving them credit for with this or on this team or in this crisis, right? The, uh, and so I think it's, it's really great for expanding your knowledge of the characters in MCP. Yeah, and I think it's definitely really good about especially that last point of just getting to know characters that you might not have been too familiar with before and when I went through this and I was trying to decide what to play I probably picked things I was familiar with in that so the three affiliations that I chose to go with were Avengers, Web Warriors, and X-Force slash X-Men like I can run either one there and I found mm -hmm. out yesterday that I could actually run S.H.I.E.L.D. as part of my Avengers list, but who wants to run S.H.I.E.L.D., honestly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know we've got a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. players out there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it was a funny realization of, like, uh, it, in the TTS mod, it's pretty cool because they have, like, a possible affiliations as you're clicking on characters for, like, what your right. roster is, which I, I haven't played TTS in a while because I've been, I've been getting a lot of games in in real life and just is what it is. And so being able to see that, it's like as I'm clicking through, it's showing me what affiliations I could play. And it's like, well, I could play S.H.I.E.L.D., but I have no S.H.I.E.L.D. cards, so we're going Avengers. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was build your roster to do one or the other just because you can play. It doesn't mean that you should. I kind of had the same thing happen when I was building rosters that I had one that could be shield or Avengers or a force. And I was like, oh, well, then I'll include, you know, the a force cards and the Avengers cards and the shield cards just in case the, I want to. And I was like, that's too many flexes. I think, yeah, yeah maybe we can focus maybe can bring it down to two. So it actually ended up being a force shield and I took OG cap out or a uh, new cap out. Yeah, it's really interesting that, and that I think is what is interesting about this format as a whole is like, you know, when I looked at the roster building process of all of this, because you have to build three rosters and because you're not going to play each roster like for multiple matches at a time, you don't get choice. It is a predetermined one, two, three order of what you're going to play. I kind of tried to look at it from a little bit of a strategy perspective of do I want to build what I think is my strongest roster be number one do I want to have my most versatile roster be roster number two do I want to have all of my rosters be kind of jack of all master of none and as I got into that I started to to go through the different character options different stuff like that like I really wanted to play Wakanda and it, I didn't because I don't feel like they had enough pieces with just Mbaku. You and me Okoye. both, man. You and me both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But, like, I was going to start with Wakanda. Like, that was going to be my opener because I felt like Wakanda had, like, the really good mix of control with some really good attrition things and stuff like that. And so when it came to, like, deciding what order to put rosters in, I mean, how did you make those determinations? Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I just started 
building. I mean, I, I gotta be honest. The, uh, I already had a roster that was Avengers shield. That was a lot of the new stuff. So I kind of started there with a roster that I already had copied it, made the couple of changes that I needed to. And then, um, tried web web warriors out, but I dislike this version of web warriors. Um, it's just not my play style. It really isn't there with this group. Um, so I, I tried them out, um, ended up, uh, dropping that the, uh, tried out a couple other affiliations that I just wasn't super familiar with. Um, I don't play a lot of cabal or criminal syndicate. So I tried some rosters out there. So I actually went out and just like built these individual rosters first so I could try some of the teams out and then started whittling it down. Um, and, and I didn't find too much of a problem. I, I went mono affiliation on two of the lists. So that was pretty easy to fill their rosters. I went with a brotherhood roster and a, uh, um, I guess I can run um, uh, a ball as well, but it ended up being Hydra for the most part. The uh, And then I've got that one A-Force shield roster. So I kind of built those individually and then looked at where the overlap was between the tactics cards, the crisis cards, and any of the characters, and, and then switched those pieces around so that it was within timeline uh, rules. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And for me, I approached it a bit of a different way in that I looked at it from a what do I want to accomplish with each roster? And, and and by that, it's like, what kind of things do I need each roster to do? And are there any kind of specific roles that I can build a roster to fill, right? And when I looked at it, I thought, okay, I want to try to play like Web Warriors and Defenders. There's a lot of overlap there currently with how the new Daredevil leadership is, and he's in Web Warriors, so you can play Defenders. Do you want to try to splash the Defenders in there and that kind of thing? But as I got further and further along in the process, I started to discover that I don't really feel like that I could overlap that much. I do have the possibility to play Defenders with my Web Warriors, I believe, because I've got daredevil and electra and um uh i think that, uh, that might be it actually so <laughs> i'm looking through the list right now it's like i only have daredevil and electra so yeah if i try to play defenders we're gonna be playing a few points short but right but anyways so i at first i was like really trying to to merge those two things right like the i started from a place that i know which was web warriors and i said all right, let's try to splash the defenders here and and work our way up to up to to something, right? And it was a really difficult process because the way I built my web warrior roster and when I look at what is available in terms of the total list of characters, I feel like and this is just one man's humble opinion, but I feel like no other affiliation that is available even without Gwen is going to be able to play extract control as good as web warriors in this format. Oh, I so, agree 100%. Yeah. So yeah. I built my web warriors list around extract control with mm -hmm. the ability to play the general web warriors game of 
running around the board and standing on points and, and hopefully doing all that fun stuff. And I started actually with my crisis selection. Like I said, okay, I'm playing Web Warriors. And the first thing I did with this roster is I said, okay, I know I want extremists, scoundrels, and cosmic invasion. And I know I want cube fragments, spider infected. And then the third extract is where I got a little, little eh, and it was legacy virus. I don't love it, but that was my third extract. And I kind of, again, took an overall stock of, of how to go about all of this list building. And I said, all right, I need one roster that's going to be hardcore objective control, one roster that I feel like can be strong attrition, and one roster that is that jack of all. And so what I landed on, obviously, like I said, was Avengers is my attrition list, but also sort of jack of all. Like it's leans more attrition, but it, it's got that ability to to play the points when I need to just just ask right mad we'll talk about that game shortly <laughs> but uh and then my web warriors is my play objective you know go crazy all that stuff and then my x-force x-men list is really jack of all like it's meant to be attrition with objective play because I I have the um the X-Men, I only have Cyclops as my leader there. And then I have Cable and all of that stuff. And I feel like that Cyclops is really good, but I also like playing X-Force. So, sure. <laughs> you know. But but going through, I think, this list building, like it was one of those things where, I don't know about for you, Dojo, it, I felt like it's pretty stressful trying to say, all right, I want to put Wolverine in my... Avengers list because he's really good under new Steve and I, I really like the things he does there but I also want to play him in X-Force because I think he's really good in X-Force I like the changes he's got and then I can have you know four characters in a list potentially on the table at the same time that all could use exceptional healing good luck choosing which one to attack like that kind of stuff right 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 it was, it's been really it was really difficult and stressful did you find any of that as you were going through all of this so uh I didn't find it stressful. The uh um I also that's one of the reasons why I ended up choosing the lists that I did and the affiliations that I did. So I've got a brotherhood list that is almost mono brotherhood. It is almost entirely brotherhood. It's got two splashes. Yeah, two splashes. The X23 and Psylocke. The uh, uh but other than that, the it's it's all you know, brotherhood people. So, you know, they weren't, it, it was easy not to put them in another roster, especially right. when I was running. The other one was um, uh, the Hydra list and they don't, you know, really go with Hydra. And then same thing with the A4 shield list. So I found that relatively easy, maybe just because of the affiliations that I picked. You're just overlapping too many good guy characters is the problem. Oh, you, that's you gotta, you gotta put some is. bad guys in there. Yeah, yeah, that's your problem. You're too good, man. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm uh, I found uh, kind of getting back to your question and what you were talking about. Um, the crisis or the crises is definitely the hardest part, and it is something that you really have to look at with each roster, right? The uh, um, and that was the other reason why I dropped Web Warriors because my Brotherhood list, even though I do put Magneto in there if I need the um, uh, murder factor. 
Um, uh, it, it's really focused on the the VP play, right? The uh, I'm yeah. trying to run relatively wide with Mystique. I'm trying to drop the tokens down on points. So I, I, I really focus on making sure that list had exactly what it wanted. Um, and it's my, my number one list here. The uh, So I'm running uh, Scoundrels and Riots and Cosmic Invasion The uh, mm. because she can drop her token on all of those, the on the secure point, and then running relatively wide on the extracts as well um, with uh, Paranoia, Cube, and um, I was going to put Senators here, but ended up having to switch it into one of my other lists. So the other one ended up being Deadly Legacy uh, Virus. Um, so... Uh, then the same kind of thing, I, I, I started there, used those crisis, and then went on to the next list, saw what I had available, used those crisis. And then, you know, the third list uh, got maybe kind of the... Uh, the leftovers. The stick there. The, uh, right, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, um, and But it ended up being okay. I was able to finagle that a little bit. I would find that the most stressful part, just trying to make sure that you don't set yourself up for a bad game right yeah. yeah i think that's the big thing the is making sure that you don't put six crisis in there that this team really hates because oh those were the only you know six i had left at this point yeah well they uh um yeah i think that's probably the most stressful part for me was just trying to get the crisis on lock yeah and and that's where i think like to me it, and this is just i already stress out over my lists enough and like trying to put <laughs> 30 characters, 30 tax cards, you know, what is it, 18 crisis or something like that together mm -hmm. without any overlap, I've I found to be difficult. And it's one of those things where I think having some kind of an idea going into it is going to benefit you going forward. Like, again, and if, if you're not playing in an event where you need all three rosters, like, I also think that there's an argument out there for just saying, okay, cool, we're going to have an event, everybody, or a league, or or whatever, and just bring your one roster, but it has to be a timeline roster. And I think that would make this experience a lot more enjoyable for me. Again, I've, I'm a naturally stressed out person when it comes to stuff like this. <laughs> so, you know, making decisions and stuff, like, it's funny, I'm an air traffic controller, I make a million decisions in a work week right it's a normal thing but for whatever reason right. when it comes to doing stuff for my hobby i'm like oh my gosh i'm just uh, like my brain is like pulsing with with stress you know that's because yeah they're during your day job there you're making all those decisions and, and that's not what you want to do uh, on your time off <laughs> yeah um, i think like that's that. a good way to maybe introduce timeline the uh, to a group of people and let them you know check it out the hey build a timeline roster the or you know and, and do that a few times just as a community to at least test it out right see if it's something you enjoy and also it gets around the number of people you need to play as well the is that you don't need 32 people to play timeline you can just do a pickup timeline game right they, yeah uh, you know find another friend who wants to build a roster like that they, uh, and, and just play it that way yeah and, and i think that when you're going through and you're looking at the timeline list it can be a little overwhelming and stuff like that and that's why i think that so many of these apps cerebro jarvis insert other mcp app being able to sort by timeline stuff i think it'll be a feature that those things could could benefit from but just plugging in characters into a roster and seeing what what works here what doesn't i know 
one of the things that when I started building these rosters and everything like that, yeah, you know, like I said, Web Warriors was always going to be one of mine because that's a comfort food situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so playing Web Warriors made a lot of sense. And then I wanted to, I've been on record of saying that I really like the new Ultron. He's just a fun character for me to play. I want to play him. So like, do I want to play Cabal? So I started building through a Cabal roster and I wasn't really feeling it. So I was like, hmm. You know, I'm not going to really take my time and, and, and go too much deeper into Cabal. So then I was like, uh, recently, locally, I played a game with Modoc Criminal Syndicate and Claw was on the table. So I was like, oh, cool. Well, let's let's try to build out a Criminal Syndicate list and see how that feels. And it wasn't really what I was wanting. And interestingly enough, I ended up putting Rhino in my Web Warriors list because, again, I wanted to stay... Not necessarily on theme for Web Warriors, but within the theme of the list of extract control and being able to say, okay, Rhino, go get that extract from somebody is huge, I think. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, part of, part of my process there was like, all right, I want to, I want to play a thing, but I also want to make sure that I'm, since this is a moderately competitive thing that you put together. I also want to be moderately competitive while having fun and let's let's try to stay within a framework, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it should be uh you know I I hope that it is moderately competitive and lots of fun as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> uh you know, I, it's I I don't want to be you know, too serious. The uh, you know, it's not TTS league champion or anything like that. Right, yeah. I mean, it is a Shark Tank, though. I'll say that. <laughs> they, oh, God. Yeah, that was one thing yeah, that I was so surprised at. Yeah, and I mentioned that, I think, last week. But, yeah, how fast it filled up the, and the players that filled it. Yeah. Right. The uh, um, is it's a bunch of sharks. The uh, yeah. but then you also have some people that I had played with in the past few weeks that I had mentioned. Yeah. The I think I'm going to put it together a timeline thing. Who are you know newer players? The or don't or don't play as much. Who decide to jump in as well. So I think it uh, that definitely shows that you know there there are tons of people who are willing to play this format. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where. It's it's already been a lot of fun for me. Like I mentioned earlier, I had my match against Right Mad, and it was an Avenger off, an Avenger off, an Avajoff, Avajoff. No, nah, that doesn't. Whoa, whoa, careful, I, careful, yeah. careful, careful. No, nope, can't do that. <laughs> no, nope, it's not working. I, I don't know what you want to say. It was the mirror match, and uh, <laughs> it was it was a really fun game. I will say, like if you haven't had the pleasure of playing Right Mad and you get an opportunity to, he is a very very fun opponent, very enjoyable to play against. And um, I don't know, Dojo, did you get a chance to watch any of that match? Yeah, yeah. I came in, I think, on round four The uh, um, is when the, uh, I was able to get down and uh, watch it. The, uh, but yeah, the, uh, so I caught the end of the game. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, it, was, it was a wild game in a lot of ways. Like he played incredibly well, made a lot of really good tactical decisions, I felt like. And... I haven't played a ton of the new Avengers. I've, I've played a little bit of them. I haven't had Captain Marvel Cosmic Avenger on the table very often. I haven't had the first Avenger on the table very often. I haven't really gotten to play with the Black Widow yet. So trying to get these characters on the table and get used to them a little bit in an environment like this was really interesting. And same thing with the Invincible Iron Man. So I went... The crisis setup was 
riots and alien ship and he won priority and chose his secures and so it's one of those things where I haven't really played with this list too much and I decided okay do I go four or five wide and and I really wanted to make sure that I had Cosmic Avenger in there so I was like okay well I'm gonna go four wide and when there's seven points on the board you're going four wide it can be an uphill battle and it's one of those things where I wanted Black Widow so I, I put the Black Widow in there obviously Captain America first Avenger and then I had Invincible Iron Man and the idea was sustain and then gain was was kind of like my thought process right of like try to be close on points and then use characters like Captain Marvel or the Black Widow to kind of press advantages where I could right and I will say this also is coming from playing so much web warriors I definitely can see where that play style rubbed off just again I encourage mm-hmm. you to go and watch that match on the house party YouTube by the time you're listening to this that will be available so I encourage you to go check it out over there because I definitely make some moves that in a normal situation I don't think I would do or or maybe it's like you know what is in service to the points right and and doing those kind of right. things is, is stuff that I did like moving Black Widow back and forth around points instead of rolling dice with her I don't think I attacked with her the whole game and that was weird yeah yeah the uh, um I I think she's even though she's a four threat and she can attack, I use her very similarly. The uh, just having that double long movement with stealth, <laughs> yeah. it's it's so good. It's it's just like, and if they choose to come and attack you, okay, well then I've got you know decent defenses and martial artists and calculated risk. The uh, um, yeah. yeah, I I think that's that might be my favorite character I've played from the new core so far. Um, uh, she's just really good, and I didn't think she was gonna take over my two threat widow um, uh, spot and love so easily. But um, she just does everything that character does, but just way better. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, she's super versatile, and that's one of the things I was discovering. Is like again, I say versatile. I didn't roll dice with her at all, and right, it's yeah. one of those things where I thought about it over and over and over again. But like the yeah. window for you to actually put damage on her is so small because. You have to be right at that range three with an energy attack. You know what I mean? To avoid calculated risk. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. if you attack her with a physical attack and you're within martial artist range or energy attack in martial artist range, I mean, counting blanks, cool. And then calculated risk, if you're attacking her with a physical attack, being able to re-roll any, including skulls, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like the, the narrowest of windows to be successful against her. And, um... Right Mad brought first Avenger, obviously, because he's playing Avengers. He had Wolverine. He had Hawkeye, Luke Cage, and Deadpool. So he did go five wide. And one of the things that we did when we deployed is I put Black Widow on one side of the table and I said, I'm going after this Cree core. You, you know, if, if you want to come and get it, like I'm going to have this Cree core and it's going to be an advantage if you daze the Black Widow because of her. Um, ability 
all that matters is the mission where she where I get to drop it as to the opponent. So I felt really strong about that. So he went first with Luke Cage, ran and grabbed the objective she had, and and then it was like, okay, well now we can play the play this game a little differently. And I basically took Cosmic Avenger on a flank against Deadpool, which I didn't feel good about at the time. It's one of those things where taking my five threat hardcore DPS model against a character like Deadpool didn't feel great. And then he brought Wolverine over, which also mm-hmm. kind of tipped that math a little bit in his favor in terms of these two characters versus my one. And then it was you like, would think so. Yeah. You would think, you would think. And uh yeah, no, um Cosmic Avenger was angry. Let's just just say that. She was not happy that Deadpool picked up a Kree Corps, and she was also not happy that Wolverine came over to play a little bit. <laughs> so No. Yeah, it she I will say this. Of all of the stuff that I did in that game, I, I feel like I made some good choices. Uh I'll talk about another little tactic I did here in a second, but Cosmic Avenger is so good. I think, I think, you know what I mean? Like it's very small sample size, but man, does she slap. Yeah. The, uh, um, I will tell you that it, the strategy against her, uh, having played her a handful of times at this point, um, is that just don't attack her. Yeah. Um, just don't, yeah. don't try to kill her because then she has power. The, uh, um, and she really suffers from power generation sometimes, um even with a five dice attack the uh, um she just doesn't necessarily always gain as much as you want her to uh, i think she's better in a force because of that you can just get that power on her a lot easier um but uh yeah the uh, i have had some great games with her and then i've had a couple of games where people were just like no i'm just not gonna hit her and she's not gonna get to binary form until round three or four and it's like oh god the, uh, yeah um, and when she's not in that binary form she's not doing what a five threat needs to do right yeah and that's what i think is really fun about the design of this character because i I said this i think when i reviewed her and watching different people use her in battle reports seeing other people's videos or, or live streams with her on the table my own very limited experience with her is She's like a four and a half threat or or maybe even like just a four, like a very basic four threat when she's not in binary form in her normal form. And then as soon as you're able to flip that switch, she gets turned up to about a six threat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's dangerous on that side. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting kind of game to play with her. Like you said, get her the power, try to do whatever you can so that she can do as much as she can and all of that which I think is really great and really fun. And it's one of those things where finding those patterns and and learning what characters do and don't do well is obviously a fun thing. And like I said previously, I don't play much Avengers these days. Not that I don't like the Avengers. I just don't play them very often. And so putting a character like Captain Marvel on the table, getting familiar with her is another reason why I'm, I've been excited to play in this event style. But one of the things I did in that game, and I gotta—I feel like this was one of those where I got to pat myself on the back a little bit because it was a decision that at the time felt a little weird, but in hindsight, I think it was the right call. So two things I did. First of all, I Avengers assembled early with both Captain Marvel and Iron Man, one to get Iron Man out of danger and then to get Captain Marvel closer to Deadpool so that she could attack him. 
And then the second thing I did that I thought was, it was, again, one of those, like, this seems like the wrong choice, but I'm going to do it anyways, was I used Battle Plan, which is a Captain America card from the new core set, to heal a damaged up Iron Man, and Carol had a little damage on her. And then I also used Second Win at the same time to heal Carol and Iron Man one more instead of going straight for patch up. And I was able to use patch up later on in the game to keep Iron Man on the table, like alive, alive instead of being KO'd. And it's one of those things where looking, it just taught me a lesson of looking at your tax cards, seeing what you have available to you and maybe combining different things to get a desired effect is, is valuable. And it was really fun to, to kind of, go through that process of trying to discover that it it was, have you ever had anything like that happen to you where you're like, okay, if I do this, it feels bad, but maybe it's the right decision. Oh, of course. I mean, you have those kind of those decisions in a lot of games, right there where it's like, man, this is, this could be risky or I'm not sure this is going to work out, but if it does, it's going to be perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, and as far as the tactics card things goes, I think sometimes people are just like too protective of the tactics cards. It's like, use them, like you, you've got them. And it, it feels way worse to me when I don't get to use a tactics card or when I just go the whole game and don't use one yeah, for some reason, right? Maybe the chance never came up or it came up once, but I said, oh, I'll wait till the next time and it doesn't come up again. Um, and so the, I think using tactics cards like that is great. and. I didn't realize you had so much healing in that list, The uh, which yeah. is, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a smart tactic with that group. Um, that's one thing that I felt with New Cap is uh, that he can be just, um, uh, he, he gets turned over a lot faster than OG Cap, the, uh, I feel like, in my opinion. And uh, at least in my experiences, he's, he's gotten beat up quite a bit. Yeah, it's interesting because my Captain America didn't do jack all in that game. He just stood on a point. Actually, that's not true. He attacked one time. I attacked this, and this is what's weird. I built this list to be like the attrition slash generalist list, if you will, <laughs> and like you know right. beat people up and and all that stuff. But we didn't get to crisis for that. Like ultimately, I didn't feel like that riots was the crisis to try to beat people up on. Except in the right matchup again, like Carol, Carol just went ham, dude. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, well, and, and right, Mad's dice were not, uh, were not helping him at all. They were ice cold. Uh, yeah. Let, let's just say that uh, I think he's gonna never play Wolverine again. <laughs> oh man. Well, and I, uh, yeah. I- I know that theoretically that's a smart play. The, uh, um, but I have done it as well, and. I just don't, I don't like Wolverine, the uh, number one. I hate quick characters who can't interact with things uh, on their hurt side, which came up huge in this particular game. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I know that he can pay to get an extra wild and, you know, that counts as two and he gets it back and blah, blah, blah. But I've tried it. It doesn't happen often enough for me to feel like that's a good play. Yeah, it's one of those things where the math says it, it does a thing. But right. and and speaking of the math saying things, uh, suits, I do have an idea for a show. So let me know either via email, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com, messages on Discord in the feedback section on the House Party Protocol Discord. Let me know if this is something that you want to see me talk about. But the math in this game, in terms of like, does the average matter? I don't want to talk about it now because it's I think it's actually a decent topic. 
But sure, yeah. let me know what you guys think if that is something that you want to hear me discuss because I, I do think that how we look at the math and how we how we play that and how we play the game around that is very interesting. So let me know what you guys think. Anyways, to this list here, right? You know, you mentioned the fact that I have all this healing in it. And that is one of the things where I felt like if I'm going to play four wide, having the healing, the second wind, the patch up, the battle plan, trying to keep my people alive while trying to bully where I can, when I can, is going to be key. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think healing, you know, healing in this game is a you know premium, right? The yes. anytime you can get any type of healing, the uh, take it, um, because it's just it, it helps you so much. Even one point of healing, I think, I mean, just helps you so much. Um, uh, it's that one little reduction that you you know need to stay alive right yeah the, oh yeah uh, so uh so that's why like i i love riots with certain teams and just specifically because they can they can go and heal themselves and that's what they need right oh, yeah. and healing themselves one the uh, keeps them alive enough to heal themselves again one and you have a whole nother round you know yep it was used frequently in this game oh yeah let For me sure. tell yeah. you by both of us by both of us yeah it was a whole thing but um you know this game was really fun and it's one of those things where if I played this roster and this was just like a, a timeline event with just this roster, right? You only had to build one roster. I'd think I'd have a lot of fun just exploring the nuances of what this roster does well and what it doesn't do well and stuff like that. The sad thing about it is now next week, I'm going to have to flip the switch and go to my web warriors roster. And while I'm obviously okay with that. I play Web Warriors a lot. I have played them a lot. It's not a, you know, I I feel like I'm okay knowing what I'm going to do and exploring this roster a little bit, what it does well, what it doesn't do well, all of that kind of stuff. I'm still, like, I had enough fun in that first game where it's like, man, I want to go back and play that roster more. But I also don't want to build that roster out anymore outside of this format you know what i mean like and that's what and, and that's just like a thing i'm kind of frustrated about is like i don't think that this roster would necessarily be something i would take to an event that isn't a timeline event but in a timeline setting this is really fun and like i, I don't know how to feel about that is all i'm saying dojo so i mean let me ask you this all right the uh, what about that roster that you brought would you want to change the uh, if you were going to bring it to just an open event I probably would have maybe the three threat Iron Man in here instead of someone like Hawkeye, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, because I think three threat Iron Man and having access to Helios and battle plan is going to be more valuable than whatever Hawkeye is going to give me in totality. Right. Mm -hmm. I would probably drop Iron Fist for somebody I would pro I have Bob, Agent of Hydra, in here because again, this is murder list. And right, right. And Bob can murder. <laughs> um, you know, so taking Bob out and putting two threat widow in if I don't have the room for the black widow, you know, mm -hmm. I think would be a thing. I also put Punisher in here because I thought it was on theme. And 
Uh, I I don't think I would put him in here again. Like if I was, I'd, I'd probably find a more versatile, splashable three that I like better. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. And that's the thing. Like it's a roster that I think the bones of it for a non-timeline thing is there, right? Like that the bones are there to make it into a non-timeline roster. But as a timeline roster, I think it's fine. I think it's fun in the context of my other stuff. But like, again, let's, let's say that I'm not going to have to make three rosters and I'm only going to have to make one. Right. I would still probably make some changes. Like there's characters, maybe spectacular Spider-Man makes it into this, this roster. Maybe, um, cable makes it into this roster since he's Avengers affiliated. Maybe that's where Wolverine comes in. Maybe Deadpool comes in if I don't have to worry about my other rosters. But because I had to worry about my other rosters, characters like Wolverine and Deadpool specifically, you know, they're in my X rosters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I'd say is that, um, you know, now you have the bones, like you said, of a roster yeah, that was limited that you can go and change, but also you can take that roster and just go play a friendly game at your, you know, local store, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. like I ended up playing, and I might have mentioned this last week, a guy who was playing Thanos. Yeah, and I was playing a timeline roster. So obviously I'm at a disadvantage. Yeah, um <laughs> and uh but and I ended up losing, but it was a super close game. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to go back to this hydra list and like include this hydra list instead of the uh um another list is because i was like man the uh, this timeline roster was pretty good against a non-timeline roster so yeah i'm sure it'll be pretty decent in timeline yeah and so i think it, it allows you to see those bones of a good roster the, then you can change it around if you do an open play. But I don't think there's anything wrong with taking this type of roster into a game store and just trying to have a little bit of fun, right? Yeah, and I do want to be very clear. I agree with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, I'm going to try my timeline roster in something like that and, and just trying to play it. And I said this last week. I do think where it gets difficult is this this format's not going to be for everybody, and that's fine. And like someone that is going to Adepticon and wants to play in a, the timeline event that they're going to have, they haven't said that, you know, that we know they're going to have one. They just haven't said what it is yet. Exactly. Right. And mm. so this isn't going to be for, I think your baseline casual average player, but when you're trying to test out rosters, like if I'm trying to, test out this Avengers roster, test out my webs, my X roster, all of that stuff, it gets difficult playing against non-timeline things. Like, I think you can learn what a roster is good at and not good at, but in terms of, okay, I need to see which one I need to put as my first roster, which one, you know, is my attrition roster, which one is this, I just think that gets difficult. And it's one of those things where maybe I'm just, you know, covering old ground and sounding like a, a you know, a stick in the mud I just haven't found, figured out how to reconcile all of that just yet. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. No, I totally get that. Yeah, as far as picking which one goes first, I decided that didn't particularly matter. The uh, um, <laughs> I think that it matters if you think you're going to get to the finals. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, uh, but otherwise, I was just like, I don't think it really matters which one I put first um, because I don't know what I'm playing against, right? The, uh, yeah. Like, who knows what you're going to play against? So you can't strategize against a person or a you know affiliation because yeah, you don't know what you're getting. So just put something out there for the best. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, I think that's fine. Like that's a, that's a great way to do it. I will say, I do think there is some strategy to what you put first, second and third. And like, I think I said this earlier of like, whatever I feel like is my best roster, right? Do I want to lead with my best roster because I'm trying to win and continue on? Or do I want to save my best roster for last? Because if I make it through those first two rounds, then I've got what I think is my best thing ready to go and that kind of stuff, right? Like, you're not wrong. Like, I'm playing this to have fun. But again, this is the stress factor of just the generic me, my own BS of like, I want to play and, and do the thing and on blah, 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 you know? Well, and I mean, I, I guess I thought about it a little bit cause I did put my best roster first. Cause I was like, I, I'd like to win my first game at least. Um, uh, and then, you know, I, I, I think there is probably some strategy there. Uh, I am not, I guess, uh, the type of player who is willing to sit down there and try to figure out what that strategy is and what the best option is, because I don't know if I'll ever get an answer to that of yeah. what the best option is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I don't want to lose sleep over it. Well, well, Dojo, I lost sleep. I'm I did. I'm always <laughs> losing sleep, man. But, but no, I mean like that's, that's a part of it. And you're right. Like you're, you're never going to know exactly like obviously me and right mad. We had a, a mirror match, right? Merzane, played his sentinels into I'm not sure what but but you never know what your your matchup's going to be but it's about like a comfort level right that's the way I look at it right are you comfortable playing a match with whatever you're playing right and i think that when you you look at something like that and you say all right like oh Merzane played into brotherhood with with the sentinels yeah, and one which just way to go, Merzane. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, so I say that with such conviction because I mean, Sentinels have that three physical defense and get so bad on their injured side. Like I way to go, Merzane. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but anyways, it's, it's one of those things where trying to say, I, you know, if you're trying to be competitive, I guess it'd be the way to look at it. Like if you're trying to be competitive and say, I want to, to try to start off on my best foot, putting your best foot forward might be a thing, but, and I do think there's some strategy there and suits again, let us know what you think that strategy is because I, I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, Dojo now let's take a second. Cause I feel like this is one of those episodes where it's, there's not really a structure to it. We're just kind of having fun chit chatting about, things that come to mind within the format of this game and whatnot. But we do have some questions, some show questions here on the House Party Protocol Discord, which if you are interested in joining us over there, you can check out the House Party Protocol on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash House Party Protocol. And for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, I did the math there, y'all, for you (laughs) so you don't have to. 
you can come and check out the best place on the internet. It's it's wonderful. I love it so much. The community over there just it really brightens my day every single day to just go in, chit chat a little bit in Discord, look at all the stuff going on. You know, we we play video games together sometimes. We talk about the hobby, painting, we talk about MCP, talk about our pets, everything goes on over there. I love it. It's something that I, I could not be happier or more proud of the community that is developed over there. So, Oh man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And yeah, it's not just, um, uh, it's not just MCP stuff. I mean, currently in general, they are talking about, they happen to be talking about, you know, crisis protocol stuff, but earlier it was the Newfoundland accent. The, uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, capitalism and then oh back to mcp and then the weather and then back to mcp the uh, and so yeah, yeah man the, it's just a good time and a good group of people um uh and some of those people have been super helpful with the timeline league by the way the uh um uh so shout out to uh rob and um uh brad and sweet tea um uh they've been helping me out check rosters and uh they're um uh, really really an awesome uh, group to have there and i didn't ask them they just volunteered because they wanted to be a part of it too so thank you you guys yeah heck yeah and, and that's the thing the community is just so generous but i can go on and on about that but we do have some questions over there in the discord and first up sweet tea and coffee says what made dojo want to be like the first to throw up a timeline event and i think you already covered it but do you have another response to this question Oh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I, I always want to be known for something, you know, I, I like to be the first, uh, cause if you ain't first, you're last um, <laughs> my, uh, mentor told me that, um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean like, yeah, I just saw a lot of people talking about it, uh, maybe not in the most positive light. So, and I wanted to try it out. So if I want to do something, I'm the type of person who, and I want to do something, if I don't see the option, I will say, okay, well, I'll be the option. I'll, I'll, the, I'll be the person who starts it up. Um, I'm, I'm a go getter i guess <laughs> a go-getter yeah i love it so then we've got brian freddy the in hipster he says while constructing your rosters did you find yourselves building them fairly quick or did you find yourselves having to change one and or two fairly frequently because you realized you needed something in three or whatever the combination is and i already touched on this a little bit for me it was not a quick process the quickest one to build, I'd say, was my Web Warriors list, but it started off, like I said, as a Defenders-Web Warriors combo, and then I was like, oh man, well, I really want to make sure that I have Luke Cage or Iron Fist, like, I want to have both of those in this list, but man, they don't really fit my theme of Extract Control, even though Luke Cage can run to the middle and grab something and maybe survive, it's it still didn't fit the theme that I was really looking for. And then the the turn one extract plays that Iron Fist is like one of the few characters in this because he gets the two power and all that stuff that you can actually do that with. It still didn't feel like the right thing for my Web Warriors list, you know? So I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't run defenders, take them out of there, and and all of, all of that, like, so... I started out in one way and then definitely made a lot of changes. And as I decided that I was going to play Avengers, it was like, okay, well, if I'm going to play Avengers, I think Luke Cage and Iron Fist probably fit in that a little better and coming across with all that stuff. So it was not a quick process for me. 
And I definitely found myself having to change a lot, at least on roster one and two, which is Avengers and Webs, changing a lot of stuff within there kind of frequently. With my ex-people roster, it was kind of like just put in mutants and see what happens. Right, right. Yeah, the, uh, and I'd say, yeah, we kind of already touched on it, but yeah, it, it was relatively quick. There were obviously things that I wanted to change and something I meant to touch on when you were talking about theming your rosters. Um, I played against somebody who's also um, uh, doing, a, I don't know if they're in ours or the other timeline event that's running, but they were doing a timeline roster as well. And they said that they specifically wanted a um, bodyguard or sacrifice in all of their rosters right so they had one roster where they started with cage and one roster where they started with venom and then one roster they were like well i'll put sacrifice in this you know in this roster the uh, um and so i think there's a lot of ways you can do it you know you just have you probably have to have kind of a theme for the roster like you were talking about that way you don't start to change too much <laughs> yeah and, and that i think is really where this format makes things interesting again. Like I'm going to harken back to that because I think going into it with an idea of what you want each roster to accomplish, I think is at least for me a starting point. That might not be the starting point for you listening, but for me having some kind of framework to work on. And it's, it's like a uh, Binks and I talked about a couple episodes ago when you're evaluating characters, you can apply some of those same principles when you're evaluating your roster of like, all right, what kind of movement do I have here? What's my damage output looking like stuff like that. And, and you can kind of get a little broader, I think in what you want a roster to do. But for me, it was paramount to have some kind of, framework to keep myself focused because if i just try to to go crazy with it it was good it was just proving to be difficult and then uh brian freddy also says here what would you say was the hardest section for roster construction characters slash affiliations tactics cards or crisis tactics cards hands down Wow. Yeah, I, I found that the crisis were harder, even though you just had, you, I guess, tactics and that you have more decisions and maybe a little bit more overlap with like the neutral cards and whatnot. But um, I found I found the crisis to be the toughest because I wanted to play you know, a specific crisis with one particular team, The uh, but couldn't because uh, the other squad was better with it or the uh, this or that. So uh, I found the crisis to be the hardest part. Yeah, Crisis was difficult. Uh, I don't want to overshadow that because I agree with you of the like, all right, what Crisis setups do each team necessarily work with? But that's where, again, I can use my own experience here of playing Web Warriors, knowing what Web Warriors do well and saying these Crisis are what Web Warriors are going to play, period, end of discussion. I know what to do <laughs> in that setup. So it's like, all right, cool. If I'm playing my Web Warriors, I can start, I can go ahead and, and lock off at least three secures and two extracts. Like, I like cubes and I like the spider infected because it's a ton of points on the board. And and I don't think that people are going to be able to match the mobility of Web Warriors for all right. those points. That's for sure, yeah. A little bit of the strategy. But anyways, so so saying that was like, all right, cool. And then when it came to the other crisis... I'd say my third roster was the hardest one for Crisis, my X-Men roster, because <laughs> it's kind of the leftovers at that point, right? And 
with my Avengers roster, I was like, okay, this is my attrition roster. We're going to try to to fight and do all of that stuff. And so I have Gamma in there. And then when it comes to the secures, I don't really have fighty secures, but I have Infinity Formula and Mutant Madman, right? So it's like corridors. And I felt like creating a corridor that I can control on either side of the board with like maybe Captain Marvel and a friend and then maybe Captain America and Iron Man on the, on another corridor like maybe those that combinations can can kind of work to my advantage right and then with my right. extract crisis it was research station so super fighty alien ship which is a good one i think just in general for fighting and then montessi again fighting and you give yourself a mystic beam great stuff for sure for for yeah. fighting so when it came time to do my X-Force roster and I was like, I want my X-Force roster to specifically be Murder Train. And even though I feel like I don't have to necessarily go full full kill all the time, putting things like sword base, intrusions, and demons in there just made sense. And then mm-hmm. when it came time for Extract Crisis, I knew I was going to have a bunch of uh, healing factor characters. So there's no better crisis in the game for healing factor characters than what, Dojo? Gamma? Paranoia. Paranoia. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so they can pick it up and then heal uh, uh, after they do that. Yeah, exactly. It's a, so it, I thought you I thought you knew the secret sauce there, and uh, I guess I was wrong. But no. If I you have play Paranoia a lot because I don't like to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't either. But that, yeah, I agree with you. That's, I don't play it hardly ever. But if you've got a character with healing factor, Paranoia is amazing. Because, okay, cool. You run up, you grab it, and then, oh, now you're now you're just standing there fully healthy. It's great. Uh, scrolls and then, obviously, hammers because, you know, all you need is kill. Everybody loves a hammer. Right. Everybody loves a hammer. But I, I say all of that to just say that, like, when you're when you're building these rosters and you're going through it, having some kind of of theme or idea of how you want to progress really helps. And for me, the crisis, I realize I didn't even actually answer the question other than <laughs> like, you said the team tag, you said the, the the tactics cards at the very yeah. beginning of this uh, spiel. You did say tactics cards were hardest for you. They yeah. were. And the reason being is because once you get past whatever the affiliated cards that you want to take are, once you're past that point saying, okay, well, I want fallback. Well, do I want fallback in my web warrior roster? Do I want it in my Avengers roster? Okay. Where do I put right. all my healing you know what I mean? Because I could spread out my healing or I could try to keep it in one place. Like, and, and trying to figure out those nuances was really difficult for me. Yeah, you know, the neutral cards and then the restricted cards. Part of the issue is that, you know, there's even less restricted cards available yeah. to you, you know. And so I, there are only five, right? Yeah, there's only five. Right. So you can't have a restricted card in all of your rosters. You just, you know, you can't. Uh, yeah. Um, and so figuring out which one of those was definitely maybe a little bit tougher, but Brotherhood has a bunch of good cards. So that helped. So does Shield. Um, yeah. And so I think that having maybe just I had an easier time of it because the rosters that I w- was bringing had enough of their affiliated tactics cards that it wasn't as big of a deal for me. Right. And I mean, you know what was a big deal for me, Dojo, was uh, leaving my baby 
brace for impact at home or in one roster. Like I I got into that game and I was like, all right, I don't have brace for impact. What in the heck am I thinking here? (laughs) It's finally happened. Will cannot staple brace for impact. The, uh, this is a vindication of the entire, uh, the entire format. There it is. Yeah. You've done it. You've gotten, you've pried me away from my brace for impact every single match. Yeah, dude. No, I, it was super weird not to have brace. It's in my X-Force roster in roster number three of all things. You don't get to play it till the third roster, man. I, I man. know, but man. You it play it back to back games. If uh, you make it, cuts, you know? it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> so, oh, that's a good question. Are you having a cuts for this thing or is it just three rounds and just have fun? No, it's three rounds, and then we'll have a couple of weeks off uh, for like holidays and everything, and then we'll come back in the in January and do three more rounds of uh, three more rounds and cuts. Ah, Roger that. Cool. Yep. So there is there is a champion. That's I. So the uh, you know uh, not that uh, this was asked, but I did post on the House Party Protocol and send a message to everybody who's in the league. But there will be a championship belt. Uh, it'll be a cool black belt, not like a you know WWE belt. It but looks like awesome. A black belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, just a fun little the uh, prize to whoever um, uh, whoever wins. Yeah, no, I'm 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 actually excited for that. It looks really cool. So I'm I'm really excited to see what that looks like. Uh, right, Mad says, why is Wolverine letting everyone, <laughs> but especially me, down? And you know, buddy, wow. <laughs> it was it was rough. Wolverine just was like, you know what? I'm just not gonna play today. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's been my experience with him. The few times I've played him, um, and and maybe just because I've only played him a handful of times, and most of the experiences haven't been great. Um, I just I'm not I'm not in love with that character at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's bad. And when it's bad, it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He lets you down. He lets you down, right, man? Yep. The uh, don't worry. He lets me down too. You can just leave him on a shelf. He sat there for a few years, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he's he is what he is. He he is the best at what he does, and that's whiffing dice rolls for right mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Rose Lad says, what affiliation is best now with the new timeline? Oh, God. That That is, um, I, I'll let you take this first. <laughs> Jesus, uh, I think that number one, you know, the like this uh, this first one we I chose not to include any characters that weren't released. Um, so there is a little bit of a skew to this. Uh, yeah. We haven't had very many games, so I can't tell you. I'll tell you at the end, I guess. The, at the end of it, the uh, maybe Will can have me back on, or I'll just make a post. Um, I know that Brad also is going to get um, some statistics uh, uh, up for me when we got all of the rosters in, so uh, I just need to get him all of those, and he'll tell us which ones are played the most, um, and then we'll have an idea at the end whoever wins which one the, uh, they think is the best in the, the group. They would probably be a better person to answer that at that time uh than than us at the moment (laughs) yeah absolutely i I don't think we can say here definitively what is the best affiliation in the timeline i think that again it comes down to what you're trying to accomplish with a given roster but because you have to play three rosters within the framework of a timeline event like dojo has set up it makes it difficult to say which one's the best i do think if you're only having to pick one roster out of all of it in my opinion i think that anything with a bunch of characters is going to be generally good right so 
things like Cabal, Avengers, or um, like X-Men, things, things with big rosters, Criminal Syndicate, Hydra, S.H.I.E.L.D., big rosters full of characters are going to generally be good, but in the format of three rosters and everything, I don't think that there's a one affiliation is better than the other. It's just how are you building your roster to do what you want it to do and taking that self-evaluation to say, is this roster doing what I wanted it to do? You know what I mean? Like Mm. having that, like I think it's really difficult. Sure. Um, Yeah. And I'll say that, um, you know, looking at the statistics that we do have available on long shanks um, and this is not everybody because everybody hasn't clicked their affiliations that they're using, but of the people who have uh, 15 of them have included brotherhood rosters, um, nine of them have included Avengers, 11 Spider-Foes, six Web Warriors. It says one Sentinel, but I know we have more than that. The uh, nine yeah. X-Force, four A-Force, three X-Men. I know we have more than that. Three Hydra, two Defenders, one Winter Guard, one Criminal Syndicate. And those might be correct because I didn't see a. Uh, uh, I definitely only saw the one Winter Guard the, yeah. that I recognized off the top of my head, and then we might have only gotten one Criminal Syndicate. The, uh, um, but I think I saw another one in there. Um, so yeah, so and we'll have a lot of more uh, statistics about it hopefully in the next few weeks. Yeah, and I'll also say this. I mean, I think that this little bit of data here shows you which way things are skewing. And in my opinion, they're skewing towards the brawl, towards the fight. You know, I think the Steve Avengers is very good in a brawly kind of game, like a little bit of like what Right Mad and I had, and it just came down to dice. I think the new Spider-Foes are very good, very brawly. You know, that leadership is really great for getting people their power to do all their fun things. X-Force, attrition-focused. I think Brotherhood, while... I think Brotherhood's probably the most versatile option, if I'm being mm. honest, because of you can have Mags or Mystique's leadership. And so it creates a very versatile starting point for a roster. So you can say, okay, cool, if we're playing on Gamma or Demons or insert fighty scenario, you can drop in Mags and feel pretty good about it. Whereas if you're playing on Senators or or whatever, like, you know, cube fragments, whatever crisis that scores fast you want to name, you can play Mystique and feel pretty good about putting that little token down somewhere and then sending out all the little minions to go grab stuff, you know? Mm. And Yeah, yeah. uh, So, and again, with this, you don't have to worry about things like Guardians of the Galaxy blasting uh, characters like the Blob off the table with their energy attacks, you know what I mean? Sure. And like you said, um, you know, you, you go after the ones that are just not more versatile, but also have a lot of tactics cards and a lot of characters, right? Yeah. yeah. Which Brotherhood does. So it's an easy list to make, I think, which is part of the reason why it um, it's used so far. Um, but yeah, looks like this guy, uh, William O'Daniel, has the most VPs currently, and he played Avengers. So uh, we'll say that Avengers is the best one. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, psh, you know, yeah. what can I say? <laughs> First place, baby. No. yeah i don't know what that's about so anyways to continue down the list here um sweet tease has another question for us is there any aspect of the timeline rules you wish were different Uh, at this point i can't say 
enough of the rules specifically that I wish were different because I don't have enough experience with the format just yet. But the biggest one, and we talked about this last week, tiebreakers and how that works, I think is huge. Mm. Um, that That's a rule difference that I think needs to change. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What about for you? Yeah, I just, uh, well, I guess it's not a rule exactly. Maybe it is. The, I, I do wish that there were more characters the available. Um, yeah, I, I think they took the the cleaver to it yeah so um yeah yeah yeah, i I think other than that um yeah i mean i think i think it's good for what it is the uh um i i will be interested to hear from adepticon what people's feelings are of it in a tournament format yeah same yeah uh speaking of characters brian freddy says on a scale of one to sad boy city uh are you sad that ghost spider isn't legal so basically on a one scale of one to sad boy city how sad are you that ghost spider isn't legal and answered in the amount of tears shed i'd say about a thousand tears shed for me um i'm pretty sad boy city that ghost spider isn't legal specifically because like i said i started with web warriors i knew i'm gonna play web warriors most familiar with it what's a character that is amazing in web warriors it's ghost spider and so yeah maybe it's super sad well, I'll pick the opposite, uh, but one, because I am not playing Web Warriors, <laughs> and uh, even when I do, I'm bad with her, and I, she's a good character, and again, like, I, I tend to say that about characters the, a lot of the time, is that I am bad with them, unless I really think it's a bad um, uh, character, uh, right. but I am bad with her, the, uh, so I don't play her very often. Yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair, yeah. So, uh, let's see, Schultz well, I do here. think she should be legal, I oh, don't my. see why she's not tell me about it like let's just just I, I think the reason she's not legal i don't know this but it's because you've got the scarlet spider and gwenham pack coming out at some point sure. and that they will update those characters to be included in this and yeah, yeah. if you notice throughout the entirety of all of this there's only one version of any one character so right. i think that'll be the reason is if they don't add those two characters to the web warrior roster i'd be very disappointed but and we riot is what it is. Schultze says, what are the top three characters you would put in a Doc Ock Sinister Scientist timeline roster? So I want to bring this question up for a couple of reasons. First of all, let's look at what Doc Ock Sinister Scientist leadership is, because I think that's going to play a part in it as well. And his leadership is a very nuanced and interesting one that I love. Once per turn, After an attack targeting an allied character is resolved, if that character is not dazed, it gains one power, so you get an additional power. Additionally, though, once per turn, when an allied character suffers damage from an enemy attack, after that attack is resolved, it may remove one of the following special conditions from itself. Shock, slow, or incinerate. So, really good, really strong leadership, I think. So, Dojo, let me start with you. What do you think is top three characters from the timeline to put in Doc Ock? Man, that's tough. The uh, I mean, it, if we're going affiliated, I mean, I think that throwing Rhino in there is great. He will always have power to do everything he wants. Um, not that he has that much of an issue with gaining power anyway. Um 
this is a bad question for me personally because I haven't played new Doc Ock except once, I think. Um, uh, it wasn't even a question for me. I, I wasn't going to use them in the timeline. So um, uh, I, I'm not sure who really benefits uh, as well as other characters. Obviously, somebody who's not going to get one-shotted and who needs a lot of power. So um, you know what? Captain Marvel would probably be a cool little splash there. They have the new Captain Marvel uh, Cosmic Avenger because then you are getting her power even when she uh, somebody decides to attack her. Um, uh, she's getting that extra power, yeah, which gets her to that binary form a little bit faster. Um, and so, yeah, the, um, and then I'm going to throw Sinister in there. Yeah, that way he can gain some extra power because he likes power as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, when you look at it like this, right, characters that love power but they need mm -hmm. to be attacked in order to gain that extra power, right? Rhino, obviously, but he actually, I don't think, matters in, in that he's going to have enough power anyways if he's taking damage, so it's kind of one of those things where... As well, right? You know, he's got that ability that basically is the same thing as the leadership. Exactly. So two affiliated characters that stand out to me in this are Craven, because I think getting Craven to some power where he can corner the beast and all of those kind of things, like actually access his kit a little easier, I think is really nice. So him getting that power, I think is huge. Lizard is another one that I think as an affiliated character, when you can have his throw online early and often, it's really great. A lot of people don't like attacking Lizard for good reason. And I think right. that like he has a hard time gaining power because his four dice builder is just not great. So he's a character that I think really, really loves this leadership quite a bit. And then when you start to look at the broader list of characters, you know, you mentioned Captain Marvel. Again, she just doubles down on what she's already good at, you know, in gaining that mm. power. But when it comes to other characters, look at characters that struggle to get power and that when they're targeted by attacks and stuff like that, like they have to survive attacks in order to stack up the power. A character that comes to mind for me that I would, and I, I do, I am biased. I will admit this. <laughs> Ultron Metal Tyrant under the new foes, getting him in the thick of it and, and getting, getting swiped at a few times is sure. so great because he doesn't just naturally gain a bunch of power so being able right. to say, say, give me that, give me all that power, you know, and it's only attacks. So like if he's getting stuff thrown at him and stuff like that, that doesn't work. But I, I and just, it has to do damage, but still, I mean, and, and he's got plenty to use um, uh, his power on the, uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good choice as well. And, and he'll survive. It's really hard to one shot Ultron. Right? right. And, and it's worth noting the power gain leadership of Doc Ock's ability here. You don't have to take damage. The only time you have to take damage is if you want to remove a special condition, which is really good. Oh. Yeah. So it's just every time you're attacked. Yeah, if you so, block an attack, great. you're getting an extra power. Oh, so yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely choose uh, Ultron and Carol and Sinister. Then Sinister can reduce damage the, uh, and then gain power and then right. do more shenanigans. Right. Yeah. So so like that's, that's one of those things where, where characters with DR and stuff like that are, are huge for me. And, and so, yeah, like that's, you want to kind of get nuanced there. And again, I'm biased and there's probably characters I'm forgetting, but yeah, those are mine. Horsebag says, 
when you're putting together your rosters, are you building around a character, a leadership, or something else? We've already talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to kind of get into that. I think for timeline stuff specifically, it's my theme and and kind of how I want to go with there. In a general sense, I I kind of like maybe say I want to play X affiliation and I just kind of build around that. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. we've talked about that a lot. Now, the, I think this is a really good question here. How important do you think multiple affiliations are to a timeline i think if you can spare the space to dual affiliate it can be really good but i think it's difficult i don't know about you um you know i i guess i mean i have two multi-affiliation rosters technically the the hydra cabal one is very rarely going to be a cabal roster it'll be hydra probably when i play it yeah um and then i've got the a4 shield one but like i said that was a4 shield avengers at one point i think that it can be important depending on which affiliation you're trying to play yeah um uh i think that having that flexibility like you were saying kind of having that jack of all trades roster that one particular roster you're building like that um might be more important to be dual affiliated i'll say that um uh merzane it, it initially dropped the uh um out of the league and then got back into the league when he realized that he could um dual affiliate and he said it was a eye-opening experience and uh obviously he won his first game so you know he's doing well the uh, um uh, i don't know if this was one of his dual affiliation rosters or not the uh, and he was <laughs> able to choose kind of the right one i think there's strategy to it right if you're able to dual affiliate into two things that two teams that do different things then it can be really useful for you um because you don't know what you're going to be playing against yeah and that's the thing is when you dual affiliate you're basically saying if thing x happens i play this if things y right. happens i play that and sure it's it makes it i think difficult but like i dual affiliated x-force and x-men you know what i mean where, where you can find overlap makes it a lot easier criminal syndicate and cabal can obviously have a lot of of overlap so that makes it easier but if you're trying to say avengers and cabal you're gonna have a lot harder time right exactly exactly yeah i think that if you're going to do it you've got to have that overlap like a web defenders you know crim cabal or hydra yeah, right right yeah i think you have to have that exactly so uh next here we have chris in the new timeline format how important or not important is extract stealing do you still put a premium on stealers and is there a higher premium since there are less? So if by extract steal, you mean characters like black cat and in the format rhino, I guess would be considered an extract stealer. Anybody else? Um, steel. Uh, there's a couple other I mean, characters that can make you drop with them. his tactics card. Uh, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Quicksilver. Yeah. That's right. Quicksilver. Uh, can do it on non-human non extracts, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then like I said, there are a couple others that can make you drop stuff like Pyro and Spider-Woman and Miles, right? Yeah. yeah. So I kind of consider them maybe in that same vein of extract control. Not that they're exactly stealing. I think they're the only two that 
can or the only three that can steal is the one you ones you've just mentioned. Right. And so I, I think that like, yeah, Spider Woman and Miles, they they have the ability to do that kind of stuff. So like that's something that I think is a fair way to look at this question. So, anyways, how important is that? I, I don't think it's particularly important, right? Like Black Cat is right. an action now. You've got to be standing right next to them to either you've either got to move to stand next to them and spend three power and then get wrecked after the fact, or you've got to be starting next to them, have priority, spend three power and an action, and then move away, hopefully far enough away to not get wrecked. So in that regard, as as it relates specifically to Black Cat, I don't think it's particularly important personally. What I think is important is just being able to control the extract game and being able to have characters like Spider-Woman, like Miles, and and Rhino, and those kind of things. I think that those things are important. And I've obviously, in my Web Warriors roster, I've stacked all of that in one place, right? So, like, sure. I think having a roster that someone can look at and say, if you're not playing the same kind of roster at the same time, well, then it's difficult, going to be difficult to out extract shenanigans me so i think spreading that stuff out is a viable strategy and i also think stacking it is a viable strategy i went with the stacking strategy but we don't know enough right i think at this point yeah yeah we haven't we haven't seen enough games to really figure out whether that's important and like you said i mean you know you can stack all of them and just have this is my extract ceiling group and you know extract play or you can say i want every roster to have some sort of you know extract steel just in case um i as somebody who doesn't do a lot of extract stealing anyway yeah um i don't think it's that important it might be a little bit less important in this um because of the way you have to build those rosters right because you can only rely on it so much because you only have either one in each roster or you stack them all in a single roster right i think i don't think that can be a strategy you play all three games with um so maybe in that way it's a little bit less important it's it's obviously a very good tactic the uh, it works it's it's yeah you know, but uh, i think somebody i think it might have been rich you know said specifically they removed the jank from the timeline so that's part of what they're trying to do here is remove some of that um ability to affect the play like that they want you to brawl a little bit more and be in the thick of it yeah absolutely absolutely so the next thing we have here is another one from sweet tea and coffee so thank you so much for all these really great questions what do you hope to take away from this timeline experience, both running for you, Dojo, and then playing? I want to get your take on this question first. What do you hope to take away from this? Uh, yeah, from playing it, just having fun. Um, I don't really need to get anything from running it. I, Like I said at the beginning, I... I was running it so that I could play in it <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah, I wanted to try it out. So, um, so that's really it. I just want to have some fun and try it out. Yeah, I don't have anything I'm necessarily trying to get out of it. I don't run a podcast or a gaming network or anything like that that I'm trying to promote. Yeah, it's really just trying to get together. I might, you know, run another online tournament at some point as well. So maybe, you know, I'll, um, uh, you know, create that little uh, fan base. But other than that, yeah, uh, just just have a little bit of fun, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm hoping to take away some fun. I'm also 
hoping to take away whether or not this experience as a whole is for me, if I'm being honest, because mm-hmm. right now I don't think it is. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like if, if this is something that you're super hyped about and you really want, then great. But for me right now, you know, I won my game the other day and, and it was cool and all that stuff. I, I like that. But forcing me to play in ways that I don't necessarily want to play while I'm open to that experience to try new stuff. I also, in a competitive setting, don't necessarily want to play something newish to me, if that makes sense. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. So what am I hoping to take away from it? I'm hoping to take away whether or not this is something that I would want to participate in at an Adepticon. And, uh, you know, like you have it set up here online, I think is the best way for me to want to participate in this. So, you know, and also I just hope to get to be a better player. I always hope to improve and all that stuff. So that's a, that's a part of it as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Jakara says, would you like to see a version of the timeline allowable characters in the standard format? What do you, I don't exactly know what he means by this. What do you think he means? So, I think he's saying, would we like to see banned characters, basically, ah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what it sounds like in a Jakara, if I'm not correct, just, you know, DM me. The, I'm sorry if I'm assuming things, but that's what it sounds like. Um, and, and if that's the case, no. You know, I think the standard game should have everybody released, even the ones that I hate playing against, like Cosmic Ghost Rider and Mal, right? The, uh, um... I think that they should just have more characters on the timeline list. That's that's the only thing I'll say is that there should be more on the timeline list. Um, but I but I think the, the point of this game as it has been built is that anybody can play with anybody, and that's one of the great things about it. Yeah, and and I do think that there is a a a reason to kind of pare down the in total roster of characters, right? Like over time this game could crumble under its own weight of just play anything anywhere anytime i do love that though that's the thing like i love that i love being able to play whatever character wherever i want to play them but you do get into those problematic characters like cgr or hulk or mal whatever insert other problematic character that we've had over the years and so i get that that having some restrictions on it could be cool. I do think that, like I've said before on this podcast, like earlier is I think that there is a, an idea to saying, let's use the timeline list to, and you just have to make one roster though. And, and Mm -hmm. playing events like that. I do think there's something to that that I think could be fun, but I also, there's the idea of, you know, is that limiting people, and making people buy stuff that they don't already have and all that stuff. That's a that's a thing that each local group is going to have to figure out on their own. But I do think that there's some kind of, some idea to that, right? Like running a local league and saying, hey, we're going to use the timeline list, but you only have to make one roster, you know? So. Yeah. The, uh, um... And I, I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. You know, I, I like that idea. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't know. The uh, I was curious. Uh, at, at what point do you think it will collapse under itself? You, you said something there the, that I thought was interesting. Yeah. So, well, how many characters does it become? Too many characters, and does that mean a second version of the game, or just limiting those characters? See, and that's the thing. Like, I don't have that answer. I just could yeah. see there being a world where we have six different versions of Steve Rogers, Captain America, right? Like, right. like there legitimately are that many different variations of characters. And, and that's not assuming we have these myriad of other characters, right? But like, let's use original core box Captain America as an example to say, okay, everything has to be balanced around characters getting discounts on their superpowers. Everything cool. now with the new Captain America First Avenger, everything has to be balanced around characters rolling a hit to then hit another trigger. Right? Mm -hmm. So are we... Like, that's what I mean, is like, at what point does it become difficult on the company to say... Or this is too difficult of a thing to manage with every single character needing to be playable in every single affiliation and, and that kind of stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. That I love. The central conceit of the game is that, and it is a factor that I effing love and never want to see taken away from this game. But... At some point, you might have to have versions of characters rotated out, if you will, quote unquote, not as restrictive as the timeline list is. I think it's too restrictive, but you right. might have to have those original core box characters maybe at some point rotated out, especially the ones with leaderships, because it could get problematic down the line. How far down? I don't know. But like, that's sure. what yeah, I mean yeah. by, by that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah, I don't think we'll see it anytime soon, but yeah, maybe when we get, you know, a few hundred characters or maybe a third core box or something like that, the, uh, um, they will, they will think about doing that for the, you know, tournament play. But I mean, I don't know because the people who put those rules out are the people who want the timeline event to be right. the premiere, right? They, and they are the, and they really only, you know, have those few tournaments a year that they are putting on. So then at that point, it becomes a TO choice, right? Mm -hmm. And and maybe we just, you know, maybe LVO will have their own specific set of rules for qualifying events, which is kind of the standard, I guess, for a lot of these, um, these local tournaments that are LVO qualifiers, at least. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think there's a lot of, of nuance to that question that we just can't fully answer right now. So, yeah, uh, let's see. The last question we're going to have here, uh, there are a couple other ones, but I feel like we've already answered them from Nate and Mad Mulligan. Um, mm -hmm. We've I feel like we've kind of answered those. So, Jiverson says, will some of the more maligned five to six threat heroes that are in timeline be worth paying the threat to field now that they have less competition at or below their threat levels? I'm going to start with that because this is a second two-parter question so there's two six threats in she-hulk and mags and i mean yeah i think that, like magneto has been somebody that has in my experience he whoops my butt but has <laughs> been kind of under under some of the other six threats that we've had in the game recently so 
that is what it is. Same thing with She-Hulk. She's been kind of, you know, meh for for a while to some people. I think she's still great. I think Magneto's still great. That is what it is. But yeah, I think saying, all right, cool, I can put She-Hulk in my shield roster or I can play A-Force, I can do whatever, and then have a bigger impact on the tabletop because there's not that Malekith, there's not that Cosmic Ghost Rider, there's not that Hulk, there's not those other characters at that similar threat level that are that much stronger, if you will. Again, I think that's all relative, but there's not that much competition there for that spot. So I can see those characters being played more. Same thing with the five threats. You know, you've got... The Claw, Sentinel Prime, Captain Marvel, Cosmic Avenger, Cable, these other five threat characters that, I mean, I think that, yeah, they're very much worth playing in this format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with you. The, uh, um, in fact, I have both six threats in rosters. Um, I think that the two Brotherhood players who have played, played Mags. Yes, that appears to be so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we know we're seeing a decent amount of mags. Haven't seen any A-Force yet, but um, I've got She-Hulk in there um, in one of my rosters. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think as far as the maligned five threats, I don't know that there's any necessarily maligned five threats in the timeline. I think there's... Yeah, no, because, I mean, Cosmic Avenger, Ultron, I'm trying to think about some of the other. I think oh, Cable. Cable. Cable and Claw could have considered to be Claw, maligned. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, Cable now with his glow up, though, I don't think he's maligned anymore. I play against him all the time, it feels like, in pickup games. People really like him now. Um, and so, uh, Claw, though, uh, I'm not sure. I don't recall seeing a lot of Claw in the creation in the rosters uh which is interesting because i was watching something today from rich that was saying that claw theoretically the uh can do the second most damage in a single turn currently in the game if he double spenders um and hits a few people with it so um uh but yeah but uh so yeah i guess uh we i'm not sure we're going to see that much claw but i know that we're seeing a bunch of cable and carol and ultron so uh, i mean they're they're, yeah they're, they're being played yeah yeah exactly and you know the the thing is like with those characters in general i i think that the the next part of this question really comes into kind of some of my feelings here is any that you feel are going to be absolutely dominant or, on the other hand, just simply not worth their threat value, even with the more limited pool of heroes. Um, I actually think that each of these characters, and Jean's another five threat that I think has been maligned but got the glow up that I think is just really good for her, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think that with the pool of five and six threats that we have here, we saw in my game with Carol, right? Like she, the dice are gonna dice sometimes, right? Do I think mm-hmm. Carol is a really good five threat? Do I think Ultron Metal Timer is a really good five threat? Juggernaut, a really good five threat. Are these characters going to dominate? Not necessarily, but they're gonna have their turns where in the right matchup against the right characters, caveat after caveat after caveat, that they're gonna perform well. And mm-hmm. She-Hulk too, you know what I mean? Like. The, the thing about She-Hulk in this format is her superior weight training is an incredible superpower against those larger sized, which are typically higher threat models, 
so you don't have as much of that in this format, right? Juggernaut, I think, is the only size four model uh, prime. Uh, the Sentinels are size five, but so she can't. Yeah, she, she um, can still um, use superior weight training on them. Oh, that's right. She just can't. Yeah, throw them. That's right. Yeah. But and I then think, Rhino, Rhino size. Yeah, four. Rhino. Okay, so cool. So you've got a couple of those big models, and like hoping that She Hulk gets matched up against those models in this kind of format, I think is hoping against hope. Even in general, you're you're hoping against hope there, but like. I think that that She-Hulk is still going to have a big enough impact on the board and can still do enough on the board, especially someone that's used to playing her, where she can have that big impact. But I think she could be one that might not put up as much of of a of a value because, like, let's say, what do you give up to bring She-Hulk in? Right, if you're playing Shield, you're giving up Hawkeye and Taskmaster. Can Hawkeye and Taskmaster in totality, do more and be more valuable with their four actions than She-Hulk with her two actions? That's a question mm-hmm. for what happens on the tabletop. I, I don't know the answer here, just sitting here BSing. But I would think in this format, more actions better. But then again, like I proved with Captain Marvel, if you can leverage your strong characters into damage and stuff like that, it all, it all depends on what you're going for. So, yeah, I yeah. think the, I the, mean, the big know, threat characters. Uh, are great. In my experience playing She-Hulk uh, in the timeline, she's been wonderful because she's got twenty health, right? It's like okay, I'm gonna go get an extract on her, and she's gonna be beefy. She's still dangerous. I mean, she still hits like a truck if she wants to. She can throw people, um, and and it is deter. People have not necessarily gone into her the couple of games that I've played with her because they're like, man, that's just a lot to eat through. Yeah. Uh, let me go after some of my other your other characters and she's just been wonderful about moving around the board double medium move on a medium base and throwing people and controlling people that way yeah and i think that that's where she's going to shine and and a lot of these characters again like playing the objective using a a focused like okay she hulk is a control piece and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like thinking about it in those terms, I think is where where things really get turned on for these these characters and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like this question, and I think that it's yeah. one of those things where it's maybe too early to tell if they're going to be dominant or not worth it. But I think that we're going to have some of that data as we go through it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're. I think they took a lot of the ones that are going to be dominant out. I mean, I think that's one of the things, um, you know, so so I don't think that anything that we see in that timeline uh, list is going to be dominant. The, uh, uh, I, I haven't seen Gene on the board yet, yeah, but we'll see. Oh, oh King oh, T, you know, we King get... T is uh, uh, there. We just can't play with him yet. Yeah, so yeah. he's obviously going to be dominant. Uh-huh, and we don't know what Xavier is going to be. He might be a sixth threat or a five threat. Yeah, and I'll say this too. Uh, you'll see Gene on the board in round three for me. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope. Let me rephrase. It depends on the matchup, but like, I plan <laughs> on playing Gene because not only did I bring Cyclops in that roster, I also have Wolverine and I have the card Gene. <laughs> so like, you know, like if if I can get that to happen, like hopefully I lose at some point before. I get to that, so then I don't have to really worry about it at all. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm going to play to win the game, but I'm also going to play to have fun. And if I get an opportunity to put Gene on the board, I'm going to do it. So, like, you know, 
It is what it is. Sure. Anyways, yeah. Dojo, I think that buttons us up on this podcast episode. Thank you so much, one, for running the event, two, for joining me, and uh, you know we'll have you back. Where can people find you if they're looking to reach out? Uh, any of the Marvel Crisis Protocol discords, basically. I'm on them all. Um, yeah, they, uh, so you can find me there. Yeah, man. Uh, also, Suits, check out uh, Battle Kiwi for 10% off your first order with them. Use code PARTYKIWI. And, uh, yeah, it's a great battle box. I love mine. Make sure you get the little, if you like magnetizing your models, they have a, a metal tray that goes on top. And for like a tournament board, I love it. I love it, love it, love it so much. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some more potential sponsors for the show coming up soon. And uh, I'm excited for that. And um, also make sure to check out patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol where you can go over there for as little as a dollar a month, get access to what is the best Discord community that I, I could even imagine. It's wonderful. We talked about it a little bit earlier. And then also send us messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com over on the Discord. If you're in another Discord and not the House Party Protocol one, you can uh, search for me at uh, HPP underscore Will in most of those. I'll, I'll be findable there. And you can send me messages over on the Discord that way. Uh, also check out the House Party Protocol YouTube channel uh, during the course of this timeline event. I will be posting videos and stuff over there as I play my matches and whatnot. Uh, if you're not able to catch it live on Twitch, which if you're able to catch it live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DarthBalls05, and that's balls with a Z, because 13-year-old me was edgy like that. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely created this Twitch account as an adult, but didn't change anything because it's what you do, Dojo. It's what you do. And uh, his adult will is also edgy. Edgy. That's right. That's right. I've got an edge to me, baby. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so check that out and come and join and chat and all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, I think that's all the stuff I need to say. Party on, Dojo. Party on, Will. And power down, suits. Suits.